Take your Bibles, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. The Bible says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me in to the ministry. The title of this this morning's message is enabled me, enabled me. Verse 13, it says, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it in ignorance and in unbelief, ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Now when we think of uh, enabled, the definition would be a supplied with a sufficient power, either physical or moral, legal, it's, uh, it's being supplied with the power needed or the sufficient power. Now this letter, Paul writes to Timothy, and the purpose of the letter is he is setting some things in order for the house of the Lord as it pertains to the house of the Lord, the church, and Paul, knowing Timothy's calling, may have thought it to be an encouragement to Timothy to allow him to know that God had enabled Paul to fulfill his calling that God had given him. Knowing that Timothy would maybe need some encouragement, maybe need his faith builded up, knowing that God also would enable Timothy for the calling that God had given to him. Now, this letter Paul writes to Timothy may have come at a... uh, Appropriate time to encourage him, to help him, to tell him that God is faithful and will see him through. And I think that you and I, and I know that you and I, we have a letter that was written to us, the Word of God, the Bible, and in it are written so many examples of God's power uh, given to individuals to enable them for their calling. You can't read it without noticing, I mean, beginning even at the, in, in the Old Testament with, with Abraham, how, how that God uh, enabled Abraham to be the father of a great and mighty nation. We can see how God had called Abraham to this, and then he gave him the sufficient power to do it. Sarah, the same thing. She became the mother of a great nation. She was able through uh, supernatural power of God to be able to have a child in her own in her old age, she was a- enabled to do what God had called him to do. We see that all through the Scripture with Joseph being enabled to navigate through a uh, a world recession or a famine and be able to save much life. He was enabled of God to do this. And Moses, he was enabled of God to lead you know, maybe a million plus people from out of captivity in Egypt all the way to the border of God's promised land for them. All of these things, God enabled these, these people to do it. You see Esther, 
how God used her and enabled her to save her people from the destroyer. David, how God took just a shepherd boy and then began to enable him to defeat the giant, to become one of the greatest, if not the greatest king in all of Israel's history, to be able to, de- to defeat his enemies. So we see this all the way into the New Testament with, with the apostles. How that God enables them as they begin to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we begin to see them as they, they see the, the brand new the, the church begin to uh, blossom and unfold that has affected millions of people throughout history through the church and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see Paul. He says here, he was enabled. God gave him the, the mystery of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and for the church and how that God enabled him in the ministry that he did in preaching and starting churches and helping folks. And the same is true for us. We can take these lessons and these examples from the scripture and I believe that we can draw faith from it. We can uh, draw uh, a courage from it that God will enable us for the calling that He's called for us. He'll enable us for the race that He's set before us. You know, I believe that all of us, we have a calling, we have a purpose, we have a role. There is a reason for our existence. But He doesn't just set the race out for us and then do it for us, now does He? We have to be committed to God's calling. We have to be committed to what God has called us to do. Look there in verse 12 of 1 Timothy chapter 1. He says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for He counted me what? Faithful, putting me into the ministry. Uh, Paul was committed to, Paul was faithful to the calling that God had given him, that God had put on his life. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, the Bible says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, he says to Timothy, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. He said, hey, we are looking for someone that is committed, faithful, to God's calling, God's will in their life. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, Moreover, it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. Faithful to the calling of God is a requirement, I believe, for the enabling, for the sufficient power that we need for the race that God has for us to run. In a world the world that we live in today, it seems like there's uh, folks would rather have no commitment, you know, no contract, no strings attached uh, type of a society. But God is still, God is still looking for fully committed, fully committed followers, dedicated, fully, here's one, here's a word for us, fully surrendered to Him. And, you know, marriage in the Bible is a picture 
of our relationship with Christ. Is it not? As a believer, the, the church in Christ, the bride of Christ. This is our relationship. Our relationship with the Lord is not a casual one, is it? I mean, he, if we call Him our Lord... That has some power behind it. This, is, this means that we are surrendered to Him, that we are committed to Him. And once we are committed and once we are surrendered, uh, surrendering our lives, I, I've said this before, and it, it, you know, it's worth saying again and worth doing many times, is yeah, you, there may be a time in your life, and I hope for each and every person, that we've surrendered ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, to be born again, but then... Just like it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. There's a presentation even further than salvation is saying, Lord, I'm presenting myself for your service, for the race that you've called me to, um, for, for the purpose that you have in my life. I'm surrendering my own will to your will, Lord. Thy will be done. That's being committed. That's being committed to our Lord. You may say, well, how do I know? How do I know my calling? You know, how do I know uh, what my purpose is? Um, what has God called me to do? Well, some of, it, some of it is just obvious. For instance, if you're married, if you have a husband or if you have a wife, your calling is to your spouse, Right? Right? I mean, this is uh, marriage is something you know we 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 want to work on, something that we want to be committed to, and allow God to begin to work in our lives so that we can minister right to our spouse. If we have children, that's a calling, isn't it? For a parent, there's a calling in our life. Is as parents, we're to uh, bring up our children, we're to train our children in the way that they should go. So some of the callings of our life, uh, it's just being uh, recognizing where we're at in our life and saying, hey, this is my calling. This is my purpose, right? If you're part of, part of church, hey, there's a ministry in church. What is it? it uh, coming to church is not just, just to see what we can get, but how can I look around and see a need or see someone that may need to be helped or to edify, to help the church, to edify the church? begin to look at it as, hey, this is my ministry. Uh, can I serve through the church? Not just looking at your ministry in the, or through the church, but then looking at your mission in the world. Does any of us have family members that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Do, do any of us have people that we come into contact, that we run, run into every day, they don't know Jesus Christ. They don't have hope of eternal life. They don't know that their sins have been forgiven, right? This is a serious thing. I mean, if you just look at those few things that I just listed, your, your home, your family, your children, your spouse, your, your, uh, your church, your, your mission in the world, telling others about Jesus Christ, that's a lot to keep up on on itself, right? That's a pretty big calling for any individual, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty big calling, and at times, you can look at it and say, I can't do it. As a parent with children, 
I don't know if I'm helping my kids or hurting them, you know? I don't know if I'm doing it right. Lord, am I training them right? Am I bringing them up right? Is this come? you know, are they going to turn out right or is it my fault? <laughs> right? Am I, am I telling the truth that you start looking at these things and, and saying, Lord, I need your in, enabling. I need your enabling. I have family members that don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear about my faith, right? Lord, I need enabling. I need an open door. We talk about an open door. We need an open door. I have co-workers that I work around. They, they truly need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. But I don't want to do it in my own power and in my own strength. I don't want to, I don't want to come off as, as uh, you know, beat them over the head with the Bible type thing. I want, to, I, want to, I want to do it with love and with grace and plant the right seed and water the right seed. I want to see the Lord bring the increase. This takes, this takes some... This takes some enabling. But I believe that he will if we're committed to it, right? If we're committed to grow in it. If we're committed to seek the Lord and ask him for his wisdom and his, he'll equip us. The Bible says, faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. He will. He'll help us. He'll help us in our mission. He'll help us in our ministries the bible says in philippians philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 but my god shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by christ jesus you know what the promise is here if you read the whole passage He's writing to the Philippians and thanking them for their commitment to the gospel. They had sent offerings to to further the gospel. And after he thanks them, he tells them, Hey, because of your commitment, because of your gift, because of your sacrifice, God's going to supply all your needs. I believe that, don't you? That, That if God's called us to something, you say, How do I know? If you have children, He's called you to it. Right? If you have a spouse, he's called you to it. If he's put you at, at, at work and there's some folks that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, I believe you're called to it. I believe you're there for a reason. I don't believe it's a mistake. Right? And so it's going to take some, some uh, strength. It's going to take some understanding. It's going to take some wisdom from the Lord. But he is faithful to give us what we need when we need it, if we'll trust him. Right? How do we avail ourselves to this power source as believers. How do we avail ourselves to it? His enabling. I believe it's like I said already, it's a surrender, right? It's a submitting to Him. It's obeying. It, it's seeking Him, right? It's, it's, it's as easy sometimes as asking. I believe that. I believe it's as easy sometimes as saying, Lord, I have... There's this individual that I would love to see come to know you. Give me an open door. Lord, prepare their heart. Right? I believe it's sometimes that simple. I believe it's God. In and of myself, I don't know how to be a godly husband. I don't know. You know, by, by, by my nature, I'd probably mess it up. Lord, I need your strength to teach me to be the right man that you'd have me to be. God, I, I pray that you teach me to be the wife that you would have me to be. God, I pray that you would teach me to be and lead me and give me understanding to be the parent that you would have me to be. Do you believe that these prayers are, are, are seeking after God and asking for his wisdom that he won't begin to enrich or enable 
our lives to begin to give us the wisdom and the understanding that we need, the help that we need. So many times in this life, just just facing the everyday can become overwhelming, right? Just just keeping up can become uh, stressful, overwhelming. Sometimes we just need the strength to say, Lord, give me the strength for the day. Give me the peace and the joy through however hectic it gets. To be able to keep my eyes on you and to be able to continue to have a smile on my face and have joy in my heart, a song in my heart, a presence of the Lord throughout the day. In First, Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, he says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. He says, hey, I'll give you the grace when you need it. What I have is sufficient for you. I will come through for you. I will be able to enable you if you'll trust me, if you'll believe it, if you'll ask for it and seek it. He'll enable us not just to be able to run the race that's set before us, not just to be able to run the race that He's called us to, the calling that He's given us, but I believe that He will enable us in our Christian life to defeat the giants that we face. Just as David found strength in the Lord to defeat Goliath, the giant, I believe that the Lord will enable us to defeat the giants in our lives that we face. Now you say, what's a giant? Well, it can be, it can be sin, right? It can be temptation that we face, something that uh, is a habit that we, we can't break. It's a it's a, uh, a crutch that we run to. It can be overwhelming fear that we face. The future, the unknown. It can be doubt, right? It can be some big problem, right? It can be a big trouble in our life. That's a giant that we face, and it's out there, right? We know about it. He's there. But I believe that God can enable us to defeat it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, the Bible says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. You know, sometimes we think the sin or the temptation or the problem even that we have. Have you ever thought this? That your, you know, your depression or your dark time, the valley that you're going through, probably nobody else has ever experienced that. Nobody can understand what you're going through. But the truth of the matter is, other people have gone through it, right? Other people have faced it. And the temptation and the sin, maybe, that tempts us, other people have faced it. It's actually probably pretty common to man. He says, there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. You know what he's saying? I can't enable you. There is nothing that you can face. This is a good promise. There's nothing that can come against you that is greater than you when Christ is in you. He gave us the promise, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world, right? He goes on to say, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You know what he's saying? 
hey, it looks like the temptation, it looks like the sin, the giant is greater, going to overpower you, that this is going to be it, this is going to be the last, maybe you spent the last years of your life running from it, avoiding it, you know, pretending it didn't exist. But he's saying, hey, God will, with the temptation, make a way for you to escape. Make a way for you to be able to defeat the giant. You know what sin is? It is a disabler, right? Doesn't it, doesn't it uh, disable us in our life? Doesn't it destroy the precious things in our life? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. It brings heartache. It brings destruction. It brings trouble into our lives. This sin uh, is a disabler and, and it is our calling, it is our purpose, it's part of our race to say, Lord, enable me to overcome these things in my life and in my home and my family to be able to get rid of these sins that beset us in our... Look, in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, he says... In verse 1, wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin or every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. In other words, let us lay aside that thing that weights us down, that stops us in our Christian life, that weights us down in our Christian life. He says... We're going to have to put aside our besetting sins. Our besetting sins. <laughs> we'll just let him read it for us. That's fine. <laughs> when he's finished, I'll continue. <laughs> he says, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that does so easily easily beset us. We have besetting sins, things that keep coming up, right? Uh, Even though there's no temptation but it's common to man, there may be one sin or one temptation that that has a much stronger grip on you, right? Your besetting sin, the one that you would go back to. He says, lay that aside. Let us run with patience. The race that is set before us. He's, and then you say, well, how am I able to do this? How am I able to defeat the giant, that, that fear, that sin, that trouble in my life? He says, and here's the answer, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He said, hey, the way to be able to defeat the giant is to look to Jesus. Hey, it's Jesus Christ that enables us, that gives us the power. You know, a lot of folks say, you're just enabling them. You ever heard that? You're just enabling them. Usually that's in a bad context, isn't it? That you're saying that you're making it possible uh, for someone to continue a, a, a life of destruction or something like that. You're just enabling them. But, you know, I, I got to thinking about it. In our Christian life, that's our relationship with the Lord. Is He's enabling us not to live a life that's destructive, but a life that's abundant. He's enabling us through His grace, through His mercy, through His forgiveness, through His Spirit and His power. He is enabling us to live a life that is good. As we look at these sins that we have to defeat through the power of God, it's important to not live in bondage. 
in your life. It's to not live into the, under the control of any of these things under the shadow or threat of fear. He'll enable us through His Word, through prayer, through the fellowship of believers, encouragement, through, through obedience and faith. He will enable us to be able to defeat those giants in our lives. He'll also enable us and has enabled us for salvation. Look at verse verse 15 there in 1 Timothy chapter 1. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. Look at, what, look at what he says there, kind of to the last point of being able to defeat the, the, the giant, what Paul says in verse 13. He says, talking about himself, he says, who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious... You know, you know what Paul said? Hey, before Christ, before He enabled me, I had some real uh, bad sins in my life. I had some real bad giants that had to be defeated that God through His power and through His Spirit allowed me to be because that's what I used to be, right? That's what Paul says, that's what I used to be, but this is what I am because of the grace and mercy and power of Jesus Christ. In verse 15, he says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Now, Paul says here that he was a chief of sinners. And I've heard uh, folks say, well, that was Paul. He was being humble in the sense of, you know, saying that he was the chief of sinners. But I, I, I submit that Paul, he was a pretty, he was, he, he, the Bible says that he was, uh, he was against the church. He was going in and hauling people into prison. He was consenting there to Stephen's death when he was stoned. I mean, today we would look at Paul and, and, and as a terrorist. I mean, this is not, he was not a good person. He was not a good person at all. But God changed him when he says, hey, I was the chief of sinners before Christ found me. I believe that he was the chief of sinners. There was a it took a little while for the believers, for the Christians to trust that he was really a changed man, that he was really a changed person before they begin to fellowship with him. But that, you know what that does? That gives us hope, doesn't it? If Paul, the chiefest of sinners, was able to have his life drastically changed by the grace and the love of God, there's hope for us. And not just hope for us, there's hope for our family. Hope for our friends, there's hope for this world. You know what the hope for this world is? You know what the hope for us is? You know what the hope for our family is? Salvation through Jesus Christ. That is the, that is, I am convinced, that is the most important thing that we could give this world is salvation through Jesus Christ. No greater gift could be given to someone than eternal life. And that eternal life comes by and through Jesus Christ. And it is all our, our calling to proclaim it. He did say you're the light of the world, right? He did say you're fishers of men. It's through Jesus Christ that we can be forgiven. It's through Jesus Christ that we can be saved. 
have our sins wiped clean. Isn't that a nice... To not have the, the debt of sin on our account. Isn't that nice to know? That comes through Jesus Christ. He says that this is worthy to be said. That's what he says there. It's worthy. It's something that's worthwhile to say. You know, sometimes we say a lot of things that aren't worthwhile, don't we? We try to learn that, that too much said can be a problem. But there are some things that are worthy to be said. (coughs) Worthwhile saying. And you know what it is? Jesus Christ. God. He came into the world. And He came for a reason. What was the reason that Jesus Christ came? He says, to save what? Sinners. To save sinners. I, I, I am glad that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. I'm glad that He was a friend of sinners. He came to forgive. The Bible says to seek and to save that which was lost. You know what we should say? And we should say it over and over and over again. To everyone, everywhere, Jesus Christ, God, came into the world to save sinners. You know what I believe? I believe that He'll enable us to do that. I believe that He'll enable us to open our mouths and to tell someone that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Once he's enabled us to tell one, you know what he may do? When we take that step with boldness, he may open a door to tell two. And before long, three. Wouldn't that be great? Before long, I believe that if we'll uh, open our mouth and we'll seek his enabling and we'll trust that he'll give us an open door, I believe that he'll give us open doors. I believe that doors will open and, and, and we'll be able, to, be able to give people, give people, <coughs> The words of life. What greater thing could we do with our life? Honestly, the Bible says, He that winneth souls is what? It's wise. What greater thing could we do with our mouth? What greater thing could we do with our talent than tell those how to be saved, how to accept it? If you're here this morning and you've never experienced salvation, you don't... You've never experienced a complete and total forgiveness through Jesus Christ. It's simple. He calls us to uh, repent of our sins and receive Him as our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, God, came to this earth, paid our sin debt on the cross by dying for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. The Bible says, according to the Scripture, and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for us, that if we would ask, that if we would ask for forgiveness, and we would ask to be saved, that He would enable us to become the children of God. Forgive us. Clean. What great power. I don't know of greater power than that. I said just recently this past week, if there was someone... we saw such great power that someone rose from the dead. That power wouldn't be as great as someone receiving eternal life. To see eternal life, new birth, one that is going to be not an incorruptible seed, not a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible seed, a birth 
that is eternal and that is through God and by God through Jesus Christ. That is a miracle. And if you're sitting here this morning and if you've experienced that, you have been greatly enabled to become a child of God. That's a miracle. As we close, I want to look back again at 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. He says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me. If you've been enabled, if you've been saved, if God's given you a ministry, and I know He has, if God's given you a calling, and I know He has, if He's given you a spouse, and if He's given you kids, and if He's given you a place to serve, and if He's given you a ministry or a mission, which I know He has, then you know what we do with that? We thank Him. Paul said, I'm thankful that He counted me faithful and put me into the ministry. To think that God would give us children that we could raise and nurture uh, to see and know Christ. I thank Him for that. For Him to give me friends to worship with and maybe to be able to help and edify in the body of Christ. I thank Him for that. For Him to give me a spouse, I, I, I thank Him for that. And then not for Him to only call me to that ministry or call me to that mission, but then for, for Him to be so great as to empower me to do it. To empower me, to give me the strength. He calls us to it and then He sees us through it. He helps us to it. So what do we do with that? We show Him our thankfulness by our commitment. We show Him our thankfulness by just a heart of thanksgiving toward Him. Again, some of this is not too deep and not too complex. One of the greatest ways to worship the Lord is to just thank Him. Begin to thank Him. He says, I come into His presence with thanksgiving. It's just, you know, sometimes you just... I'm not going to get into the marriage stuff here. I'll leave Brian for that. But sometimes you got to say it, right? Sometimes you have to say I love you. Sometimes you have to say thank you. Sometimes just like uh, you say, well, God knows my heart. Of course he knows your heart. But does it hurt us to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. In our prayers and maybe to other people, I am thankful, just like Paul told Timothy, I am thankful that Christ enabled me and putting me into the ministry. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your power and your might to enable us to the ministry you've called us to. God, I pray that you would open each of our eyes, make it really clear to us the, the, the ministry, the calling, the mission that you've given us uh, in our, each of our lives. And God, help us to be committed to it. Lord, help us to seek your wisdom for it. Help us to... Uh, give it all that we have in your name, God, and help us to trust after you and seek after you for your power and your strength to enable us. Lord, I pray that you would make us men and women that are bold witnesses for you in this world. God, I pray as a result of this service that you'd stir our hearts to tell other people this week the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ, that died for our sins so that we could be saved. Lord, if there's one here this morning that doesn't know for sure that you live in their heart, God, that you saved them from their sin, I pray today that they would pray and accept you 
Lord, that they'd be saved. God, we would thank you for that and praise you for it. Lord, thank you for each person that's here. Lord, I pray that you would enable us to overcome the sin and the temptation, the trouble, the fears in our lives. God, help us to face it, defeat it in your name. Please, God, I pray that you'd help us. Bless this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.